Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Paul. And we're going to challenge you to transform your financial future through the principles of the most profitable business in the world, banking. We believe everyone should be involved in two businesses, the business that you're in and the banking business. Everyday people can replicate what bankers have been doing for centuries to leverage capital and build wealth through private lending. Join us as we uncover the truths about money, expose lies and myths, and flip conventional financial advice on its head. Here we go. Hey, Paul. Welcome back, buddy. How you doing? Doing good. Just uh, braved the rain out there. It's it's pouring. It's cold. It's 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 a cool rain, you know. So it's forty five degrees and it's raining. Right? It's just miserable. Yeah, we just got snow yesterday. It was snowing all day today. I think it's supposed to snow all day tomorrow. And uh, yeah, almost got in a, a car accident yesterday. Yeah, the uh, ice. Yeah, the ice just slipping and sliding everywhere. There, I think there was on the radio they said there was three hundred accidents yesterday morning yeah. in the metro area. So Crazy. just because you live in Minnesota doesn't mean you know how to drive in snow. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Inertia is a thing. Yep. Yep. And big, heavy trucks. They don't like the brakes so good when you, uh, no, when you're on nope. ice. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. The good thing is our landscaping people that do like our fall cleanup for us, they came this morning, um, around eight o'clock or even maybe seven thirty, and they, they blew all my leaves out of the yard, sucked them into the truck and yeah. And, uh, just, just in time. So perfect, perfect timing. Well, you know what happens if you don't rake your leaves? Uh, they just get covered by snow and you can't see them anyway. So not here. They don't, <laughs> they, they do just, here. And that's got some sticks around all year. I've got some newly planted grass back there in the backyard. Um, so I needed, I needed it to get uncovered. So it got, gets, gets some sun, you know, but it, it came in great for the last yeah. few weeks. So, so I'm happy about that. Yeah. But, uh, nice. Hopefully you're getting some sun. I haven't seen the sun in a couple of days and I may not see it until Friday. No, it's miserable. Yeah, that's winter time. Um, another news: I did repay some policy loans over the last few days, some substantial, substantial amounts actually, because I had some uh, some promissory notes pay out, and and um, so yeah, paying paying back loans, right? Paying some interest to a life insurance company that I'm part owner of, that's going to pay me a dividend, yep. and uh, you know, helping make that company more profitable. So it's a win win all around. I'm all about it. Yeah, keep paying those loans back. Yep, good for me too. Since that's I'm right, the owner of the same company, you're a part owner. That's right. It's like those Green Bay Packers fans who call themselves an owner of the, the right. Packers because they bought one share. Like right. I'm an owner of the team. Really? Does uh, Green Bay pay you dividends? No, no, definitely <laughs> not this year. Oh, not, certainly not in Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Well, hey, let's get going, man. I think we had a question come in uh, to our email from a from Brant. I'll read it and then uh, give you a, a go at it. Sure. Says uh, Brand says, hi, I'm, an, I'm new to your podcast and just listened to your episode about funding premiums in retirement. You mentioned reaching out to hear about more ways to generate passive income outside of single family rentals. Would you mind sharing some of those ideas you were referring to? Yeah. Well, I think James will be proud of this, but the banker can do whatever he wants. He says that a lot. And I like, I like that. So... I can only share really, Dave, what, how I anticipate funding premiums in retirement and that I'm taking actions now, and I'm going to speak kind of generically here, but I've taken actions now and over the last five years, and I will continue to take action going forward uh, for the rest of my life to create income streams, which could be from a single family rental, which could be from real estate syndication. And these are maybe considered alternative 
right? Not in, alternative investments, right? Outside of the the stock market, you know, Federal Reserve type stuff, right? Uh, where you hand over control of your money. So um, another way is is creating income through a business that you create yourself. Because when you have capital, you start to see other opportunities. Maybe you see a business opportunity. Maybe there's no good X service in your area, and you think you can and you can take that down. Um, and I don't want to say, you know, you know, you go on these, these different YouTubes and, and other podcasts and stuff where people are talking about passive income streams and it's all, everything's great. And no, everyone always pays their rent and the syndication always pays what it says it's going to pay when it's going to pay it. None of that is true. Right. Um, but I guess there's only so many ways to make money, whether you labor for it or whether someone else is, you're using someone else's labor and brain power to, to create that income. So I don't want to get into too specifics, but yes, there are generally speaking other opportunities out there that Dave and I participate in through either things that we've created ourselves or other, you know, just people in our network, right? And I kind of do a little bit of all of it, right, Dave? Does that make sense? Yeah, you do. And most of the things you you mentioned are more active, you know, not not passive. Like building a business is active. Um, mm-hmm. You know, owning a single family rental is active, not passive. It is. Um, yeah. Syndicating is a lot more passive. Sure. Uh, not for the syndicator necessarily. Not for the syndicator, but for the the capital providers for sure. Yeah. But if you want something that's completely one hundred percent passive on your side, super easy. Uh, the structure's already in place. There's there's places that you and I put our put some of our capital, for me, the, the majority of my capital, into a structure like that that's just ready made, ready to go. I you know I loan it over there, and I I just sit back and and let the money hit my bank account every month. Sure. Yeah. And I'll tell you another way that's the most passive activity you could possibly participate in is. Paying adequate premium throughout your lifetime and creating a massive amount of financial value inside dividend-paying whole life insurance, and then, if need be, using the dividend later in life to pay that premium. And we covered that in an episode. Yeah. But that is that is the most passive thing you could ever do. Yeah. Right. That, yeah. Aside from everything Dave and I do on this uh, outside of IBC, right, with our money, taking policy loans or using the dividend to pay the premium is the easiest and most passive solution. Very passive. Premium. I mean, later on in life, dividend pays the premium, your cash value goes up, your death benefit goes up, and you did nothing. Yeah, and likely the dividend is more than the premium anyway. So it's only a part of the dividend that will be used to fund that premium. So you're still getting you know, yeah. the benefit of the dividend buying PUAs, like you said, and, and increasing your cash value. So. Um, if you want to get really specific, then you know, reach out to Dave or I specifically um, for a for a for a phone consult. Yeah, and we can one talk on to one. you about it. Yeah. Well, cool. <clears throat> well, hey, let's let's get to another topic, and this topic is uh, I know a few people have reached out to me specifically saying, "Hey, I would love for you to do a a an episode on policies for business owners. Like, what can businesses do, and business owners, how can they?" Um, how can they utilize this to to improve what they're already doing? So we've prepared something here where you know businesses have unique opportunities to utilize whole life insurance policies in a way that um, maybe you haven't heard of, or as the individual, just the individual can't do 
really. You need an excuse to be able to get more policy sometimes. And being a business owner or a partner in a business provides that excuse to, to build your, your policy base. So um, I'd say one of the most common questions that comes up with business owners, of course, is always around taxes. Of like, course. Hey, can I, is there a way I can uh, put in money, get a tax deduction for putting my money in? And then when the, the policy pays out, it's a tax-free payout also. You know, the, the short answer there is no. You can't, either the money's taxed on the way in or it's taxed on the way out, typically. One or the other. Sure. Um, now, there are ways to get a business tax deduction by funding a business, funding a policy for some employees. Um, but that, in general, that's really going to show up as W-2 bonus compensation for that employee. So if you're having the business fund one for yourself because you're an employee of your own business, it shows up on the other side of the ledger as compensation for you. So it's kind of, it's a wash. <laughs> yeah. And I agree with you, Dave. Um, again, I, I appreciate the, the question though, right? Because, you know, we don't want to tip the government, right? We want to pay the taxes that, that are due, but we don't want to pay more than are due, right? Right. Um, so I like the way people think about this. Um, you know, t reducing your, your tax exposure is super important. Um, but again, you also open yourself up because you can have the business own the policy, like you said, right? Sure. Um, other entities can own the policy, right? But we definitely recommend you own it as an individual so that the cash value and in, in the policy itself is not exposed to whatever business you're in for from, you know, either lawsuits or you know, creditors or whatever for your business. Right. So we recommend you just own that in your individual name. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, maybe nine times out of 10, it's just easier, more simple it is. and, just, and more cleaner. beneficial just to own it in your own personal name, as opposed to having the business own it as a business asset. Cause like you said, it's like any other, it's like having a truck or a, a piece of equipment um, or a property inside your business. It is liable to creditors. That's right. You, you kind of defeat, you defeat one of the, the the key attributes of owning this this private contract, right? It, it almost becomes not really a private contract as a business right. asset. It's now open to to creditors, litigators, whatever. And uh, and in most states in our union, if you personally own that policy, your cash value is going to be protected from creditors. That's right. So I think it's a much better protection asset to own personally as opposed to in your business. Um, but let's let's walk into a couple of these examples. Like if you have a business and you have a business partner, one thing you might already have, and if not, you probably should have, would be a buy-sell agreement. So, oh, yes. Yeah, what's a buy-sell agreement? It's really just a contract between, so let's say for example, there's just two partners, you're each 50-50 owners. It's a contract between those two partners uh, where one party, where both parties agree to buy the interest of the other party should they die, should they become disabled, should they retire, whatever you stipulate. But it's an agreement where you have a, a guaranteed buyer and a guaranteed seller, and you both have to, you agree beforehand, like, hey, when this business ends, when this partnership ends, because every partnership ends uh, in the business world, almost every partnership ends at some, some point, then you've already prearranged how that, how that uh, separation is gonna occur and how it's gonna be funded. So yeah, it, it just, you know, just from a, a business perspective, it just smooths things out, right? Because 
if, especially if that business partner, Dave was, you know, if he's half the business or she's half the business, well, can I run this business on my own or do I need, you know, you know, it just gives you some, you know, flexibility to one, buy out the family, of course, but maybe it provides, cause you've agreed upon a dollar amount perhaps, right? Yeah. Maybe not all the death benefit goes to the family, but if there's, you know, $5 million of death benefit, the family gets 4.5. Well, you, you've evaluated and, what the company's yeah, worth at the time of that's that right. agreement. And then you get a, a fair market valuation and then, yeah, you buy out 50% of it. Yeah. Right. And then they can use the other funds to go search for the next, maybe another business partner, or maybe the business dissolves completely, you know, but it right. gives you that the capital that you need quickly to not really have to worry about things as much. Right. Kind of like with the death of your primary breadwinner of your family. It's really no different. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's uh, it, it also eliminates something like this where, Paul, you and I are in business together. It's something you and I are really good at. Our wives are not involved at all. And frankly, they don't want to be involved. But let's say... You pass away, God forbid. I get a death benefit payout. Now I can pay Tammy, you know what what the business is worth uh, for fifty yeah. percent of her share. Because otherwise, if I didn't have anything to pay her, she could actually come in and and be fifty percent owner of this business and start making decisions as a business owner. And and you know, is maybe you know maybe there might be a situation where where a spouse comes in and, and starts trying to you know rule the roost. So you know what speak. I picture? I picture Major League with the Cleveland Indians. Ex-showgirl wife of Donald Phelps has no business running a Major League Baseball team. Exactly. <laughs> right? There's no buy-sell agreement in place. People yeah. can check, but I'm pretty sure I got that verbatim from the movie. Okay. Well, I'll have to watch that this weekend, and I'll let you know. Such a good it's movie. Been a while. <laughs> <laughs> but so it, it avoids disputes in the future. It avoids one business owner having to work with somebody that they don't want to work with. That's right. Or maybe that doesn't have, maybe, you know, somebody comes in and they just want to, you know, take as much profit as possible, get everything, they squeeze that business dry. Squeeze it. Yeah, like, you know, a, a son who inherits that that ownership in the business. Yeah, come squeeze it dry and uh, like horrible bosses. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I forgot that guy's name. Who plays that character? But he, yeah, it's almost he like uh, you know, when a hedge fund comes in, buys a mutual life insurance company, and it demutual, you know, demutualizes. And Ooh, yeah. Not dropping just to relate it to our industry a little bit, but yeah, uh, yep. <laughs> so milk it. So how would that buy sell agreement work? There's a few different ways it could work. So it could be an what's called an entity purchase, where the business actually owns the policy on both owners of the business, and the business pays the premium. Now, in this situation, that's generally not tax deductible for the business, but the death benefit, when one of the business owners dies, it, the death benefit goes to the business and that is received tax-free. So now it's a, a business asset, it's tax-free cash, lump sum payout, and they get to you know do, do with it what they will. Um, but I think the easier one and the one I would recommend employing would, and probably in most cases would just be a cross-purchase plan. So I buy a policy on you, you yep. buy a policy on me, we fund them ourselves, we get to utilize them. And, um, you know, if worse comes to worse and one of us passes, then the policy pays out and we get to do what we want with it. Yeah, I, I like the cross-purchase plan. Just makes, to me, it just makes more sense. Yeah, it does. And, it, and it, it's really an incentive, like you would absolutely want to fund that policy because if you didn't, 
you'd still be on the hook for buying the, my share of the company. Right. I'm exposed. Yeah, you're exposed. And I feel like one of the intangibles is it just, and it doesn't really matter what the, what the business is. It just, you know, it's a legal document, right? That's what a buy sell is. It's drafted up by your attorneys, right? And you, and it's, so it's life insurance aside, it's a great, it's the best way to fund it. Whole life insurance. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it's there. It's agreed upon. We know it's kind of like, um, like an O plan that's on the shelf at the, you know, at the Pentagon, right? It's just like, Hey, if this happens, pull this off and this is what we're going to do. Right. Um, so you just, you know, what's going to occur and everyone's on board. So it just makes that maybe that business relationship better. Yeah. In, in that, general. Yeah. Just setting expectations from the outset. Yeah. But yeah, you can have a buy-sell agreement, but if there's no way to fund it, it's pretty useless. It's just, you, it's a yeah, piece of it's paper. Like, it's like toilet paper. Yeah. Which so, actually does have a use. Yeah. It's for An unfunded buy-sell agreement is worthless. Buy. Yeah. It's a different <laughs> I, podcast, I think. I think. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So now there's also another type of uh, business policy that's pretty popular with people called a key person policy. Yep. So key, how, would you, key how man. would you explain that? Key man, key person. Come on, let's be politically correct here. Key person. Um, but key yeah, it's non, really called non-conforming key whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so let's say I'm a business owner and I don't know what kind of company this is, you know, a, a pretty highly valued company. And you're my, my operations manager. I'm kind of like the face, but you're the guy that you run the show. I'm, you're I'm, the, you're, I'm making the trains run on time. Yeah. The the Nazis were able to do that too somehow. Well, it would be like, it would be like a, you're Steve Jobs. I'm Steve Wozniak, you know, like you're the visionary, whatever. I'm the key person, the operator who without me, your business is going nowhere. So you bring the specs to the engineers? I'm a people person, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. My secretary does that, or by fax. <laughs> but anyway, you're highly valued, right? If you go down, if I lose you to, to death, I mean, you know, or you're, you, know, you quit or whatever, but let's say you die, um, the business is going to suffer. What the key man, what the key person policy does, it gives me the business owner, the ability to go recruit the next Dave Beffert. Right. Right. Which is obviously not possible, right? I mean, impossible, even if, but yeah, even at 50%, he's still twice the normal man. <laughs> right. So, but that's what it's for. Later. It's very simple. Use money, you know, instant liquidity to go find the next key the guy that could do that job or gal. Yeah, it, it's compensation First, for a loss. That's right. Indemnity, right? Um, you got you have to spend the time and the money. And now, most likely, that business owner has to jump back into the business full time, running that business and trying to go hire somebody. Uh, you know, evaluate candidates and then train them up, and that could take a long time. So, a key person policy would be huge in this yeah. kind of situation to kind of help you weather that storm and give you some breathing room. Yeah, the way I see it, Dave, Dave is I'm going to hire a headhunter, you know, a firm that specializes in whatever the heck business we're in, and I'm going to use some of that death benefit to do that with. Like, hey, go find me these attributes. Yeah, soon, because right. <laughs> I don't know how to run this business. Yeah. Um, so that kind of policy also would be a business asset because a key person policy is going to be owned by the business. 
So again, you're, you're open to a little bit of liability there, but you can use it just like a business asset where you get to accumulate that cash value and use it for ordinary, you know, business operations, expenses, whatever you want. Yep. It's a business asset. Yep. Um, I don't know how into the weeds we want to get, Dave. There's well, just, people can Google these and they, they usually pop up with a pretty good explanation of, of everything, but, uh, yeah. Well, let's, there's a few more advantages of them. Yeah. One, uh, you could actually use that compensation or that death benefit payout actually to compensate the, the family of the deceased if you wanted to. Um, yep. So you, you don't have to put that in paper or, or on paper in writing, but you could choose to do that. If you wanted to put it on paper, it's called a split dollar arrangement where, yep. uh, and that'll help, you know, that'll prevent like taxation issues going to that that beneficiary who's yep. uh, of the deceased likely the right thing to do yeah yeah i think so um and you should encourage that key person to also have additional insurance outside of this specific policy right yep um absolutely we so would obviously and there's other ways to compensate employees this could be a part of their compensation package where hey if you stick with us for the next five years I'm going to, you know, you're going to become the owner of this policy and you get to keep it or the next 10 years or whatever it may be. Um, so there's, you see, you see that a lot with executive compensation packages where it does have, uh, life insurance is a, is a component of that overall mm -hmm. package, whether you're an executive at who wear it, you know, pick fortune 500 company. That's very common or college football coaches. I was going to say, doesn't one of the Harbaugh's, yeah, one wasn't of the there Harbaugh an article about him? Had the majority of his millions in compensation in whole life insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Um, and also that key, key, key man policy is going to stay in force. Like the business is going to get to keep that even if the employee leaves the business. So it's still an asset. They can still fund it and, uh, and keep it. And I mean, cause the, the business owns that policy on that person. So, you know. It stays in force forever uh, until that person passes. So um, yeah, here's absolutely. so here's my personal experience working with key person policies. Is really they got to be for a W two employee. You know, you can't. It, it may be hard to justify a 1099 contractor as a key person. If they were really a key person, they'd be a W two. That's really how life insurance companies look at this. That's how they'll view it for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and you're probably limited in death benefit to about 10 times their annual compensation. So they make a hundred, hundred grand, you can get a million dollar life insurance policy on them. Right. So right out of the gate. So if it's dividend paying whole life, Dave, right, that's the initial face amount or underwriting amount. The policy over time will right. become bigger than that. Won't it? it absolutely. As, as will that person's compensation, I would assume. Right. Yes. If we're trying to keep up with or beat inflation and keep our employees. Yeah, we better be paying them more. Yeah, right. Just like all those uh, senior citizens who got the largest increase in their social security they've ever seen before. What a gracious government uh, oh administration we have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure it balanced out. Yeah. You no, know, that no, happens it automatically when, uh, because it, it, you know, parallels inflation. So, but we won't mention that. Um, <laughs> All right, so that's, uh, yeah, that's key person. That's the, the quick and dirty on that. And uh, definitely it, it's a great way to, like we'll talk about now is um, create another insurable interest. So we have, uh, Paul and I have some clients right now who have, um, they got policies on the, themselves. They're gonna get policies on the kids. 
Yep. But they're also saying, hey, we've got this much money coming in over the next 12 months. We really want to get it into a policy. We're maxed out. How else can we get the, this money into policies? And one of those ways is to open a, a policy on an employee or a, a business partner. Yep. Which is a great way to go. Yep. You can, you can definitely interest. justify yep, insurable interest with either of those for yep. sure. Now, what's the, there's really only one gotcha I can think of, or one big gotcha is like in a, a uh, say a buy-sell agreement, if one of the partners is uninsurable. So one of the partners is uninsurable, there's nothing you can, I mean, you can't get life insurance on them, right? So you got to find a way to fund that some other way, unfortunately, which is going to be a lot tougher than funding with life insurance. Right. Yeah. You have to use, I guess, like a sinking fund. Um over to, over time and just hope that person doesn't die because they're, they're if you're uninsurable you know that that is signs not always but generally speaking that's signs of 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 not a healthy person yeah right um so that that leads to other questions that i would have if i were but anyway um, yeah business but well i mean um, that's something we probably haven't talked about before just because you're uninsurable now doesn't mean you're going to be uninsurable forever no so it could be you're just in poor general health poor shape to get healthy Yep. Get healthy. Uh, yep. Maybe you have sleep apnea, you're overweight. You can get rid of sleep apnea. Like you can lose weight, your sleep apnea goes away because now you're fit and you're healthy and you're sleeping well, and now you're insurable again. That's just one example. But uh, don't think- I have a client with sleep apnea. Well, yeah, it's probably table rated, right? No. Okay, I had one that got standard. Uh, most yep. get table rating for sleep apnea, depending on the severity. But if they get better over the next, like a year from now, they've lost- you know, 20, 30, 40 pounds, their sleep apnea is not an issue anymore. They don't have to use a CPAP. You can go back to underwriting and say, hey, will you send me through underwriting again and try to improve my rating in the policy that's already active? Like that's a yeah. possibility. No question. Yeah. Yeah. He was, you know, CPAP compliant, uh, not, not over, not an overweight guy, actually, you know, very fit, just, you know, for whatever reason has sleep, I think mild sleep apnea, but he was CPAP compliant. And I think that's why he got standard because he was using the equipment that he was supposed to use. And that's yeah. what they want you to do. If you, if you have high cholesterol, guess what? The life insurance company wants you to take your statin. Yeah. If you have high blood pressure, they want you to take your lisinopril or whatever. Um, well, you really know these medications. Sounds like somebody has high cholesterol. I do. <laughs> it's like my blood's like egg yolk. Yeah. I had a flight surgeon tell me that once. Wow. Did you say but, thank you? I was like, yeah. Eat a lot of just straight Crisco right out of the right out of the jar. Yeah, you, you sure don't look like it. I don't know where you hide it. Ah, it's just just bad genes. Yeah, bad genes. Bad genetic. Yeah. Poor choice of ancestors, as Nelson would have said. Yep. Yep. That's a kind way to say it. Or poor so, selection, maybe. Poor yeah. selection of ancestors. Hey, something else that that people may have run into is hey, if you go get like a small business administration loan, SBA loan, they're going to require you to have life insurance. Ooh. So yes. this could actually help towards, there's there's a lot of lenders out there that require life insurance on the business partners, which makes sense. We've done that, right? In our no question. banker, we require them to have life insurance. And in some cases, we've required them to list us as beneficiaries. Yes, yeah, we did. I. I think as a as a private money lender, I'm glad we talked about this. It, I look for that now as almost as as kind of just my standing operating procedures. Right? Hey, if what happens if you die, are you properly insured? Will you add me as an irrevocable beneficiary while this debt exists to me? Um, and I'm getting as we talked about in an earlier podcast, Dave. I'm getting more and more picky, man. Yeah. If they say no, then I'm like, well, 
I'm out. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I want, I want that now. I mean, you're a life insurance guy. It makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's a pretty good overview of just some, some easy ways that business owners can, can justify one, justify some policies on uh, some additional policies outside of the ones they own on themselves or their family members, uh, but to protect their business. So and protect their livelihood of their family. Um, yeah. You know, when, uh, if worse comes to worse. Yeah, no question. So one thing I think that we've, you know, hopefully people have learned through this, this short podcast is that not only do you need knowledgeable, like agents that can help you design the policy, that's one thing you should have and ought to have a good attorney as well, like as part of your team advising you on this. And if they're not saying that you need to buy a sell agreement or whatever, you might want to get a second opinion about it. Yeah. Yeah, good point. I mean, you will need to bring in your attorney on this. So if we ever worked with somebody creating a, a buy sell policy for them, I'd be I want to be in contact with their attorney. Yeah, no question. I mean, this is it's a legal document that they're going to draft, and then we are the experts that will create the funding solution, if you will, right. um, for that for that yeah, agreement. That's what it is. It's the it's the the funding solution. Right. Yeah. Best one I can think of. Yeah, there's no. there's not a better way. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's just not. Well, all right. Um, hey, if anybody's got questions about that, reach out to us personally and keep bringing the questions in. We love answering them. And if you haven't yet, please leave us a five-star review. Uh, it's pretty fun to see a new one pop up every once in a while. So they get a little stagnant every once in a while. So you got to throw it out there like, hey, you know. Yeah, that's true. Reviews, you know, get the word out. It, it, it gets us more uh, exposure. Yeah, and if right. you don't like it, throw us a one-star. We we yeah, only, we only, We've only got, got one. one so far. So whoever you are, <laughs> you're not listening, uh, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> so we can say whatever we want about you. It's uh, oh, so funny. Yeah. So, well, all right, man. Um, well, hey, uh, stay warm out there. And uh, the sun keep has your, already set. Keep your powder dry. Keep your powder dry. Hey, we should have some kind of sign off slogan, you know? I think that maybe, one's maybe that's a good one. You think it's over? People here? use that. Yeah, I'll think about it. We'll create. If anybody has any ideas, let us know. We'll give you full credit. But uh, let's think about that. We need to we need to spice it up when we end the show. So yeah, instead of saying bye or something. Yeah, we'll say uh, pound it, noggin, see ya, do perfect style. <laughs> oh, my son loves that show. Yeah, I know my kids too. Those are good dudes though too. Yeah, they are solid. Yeah. So. All right, we'll, we'll think of something. We'll brainstorm, and uh, maybe next episode we'll have something for But us. in the meantime, keep your powder dry. Yep, and you stay classy. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. If you'd like to have a conversation with us to see how you can become your own banker, or if you have any questions or topics you'd like us to tackle on a future episode, please send us an email to David and Paul at theibcguys.com. And subscribe and leave us a review if you're on Apple. Follow and leave us a five-star review if you're on Spotify, and please share this with your friends. We'll see you next week.